Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to another edition of the My Cave Podcast. Whether you're listening for the first time or a frequent listener, we're thrilled to have you. My Cave offers well-rounded conversations about what it means to be a Canadian Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. My name is Subhan, hosting the podcast yet again. Thrilled to be joined by a group of people. I'll just sort of, I don't know what else to say. So, um, how's everyone doing? We are, like, I, I feel like our podcast last week was, like, the most hype episode that we've had. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, Sherry couldn't join us because he had midterms. Boo. Um, but, you know, like, I feel like that was just the start of more exciting times to come for us. We'll be releasing more information later about what's coming on, what's happening in November. Um, but we do have a special guest next week, so stay tuned for that. So, without further ado, start off with some introductions. Sitting to my right is... Ladies and gentlemen, Sherry Qureshi. <laughs> and sitting next to him would be... Is this your fourth time on the podcast, Waniza? Because so. every time Waniza comes on the podcast, she mentions. So the first time she mentioned it was my first time, and then the next time she mentioned, then she came again, and then last week, of course, she had to mention it's my third time on the podcast. And she didn't talk at all. No, and she I didn't. Last Which she made very am. clear. I still am. And sitting next to her was Neha. I'm just kidding. What's your name? Neha. Okay. With an AI. Okay, AI. An H. Wasi, W, All right, now that we have her information, go ahead and look her up on social media if you want. You want my social number, here it is. Okay, that's... But how's everyone doing? Midterms, again? Oh, I know, the second round's back. I have three next week, like, mentally prepared to I feel like the nice thing about being in business um, and in, like, third and fourth year classes is that you only have one round of midterms. Always. In every single, like, I've taken one business class where we had two rounds of midterms, but that was, like, a 300-level class. See, the worst for me is that I have, in one of my classes, I have two rounds of midterms and a quiz that's worth 15%. Whoa, that's extremely basically midterms. Yeah, I know. Is the quiz in between those or before them or after? Before, and then you have two sets of midterms and a final. You basically have an exam every month. But then, that way, your finals aren't worth as much. It's not worth 50%. No, it can be. So that's nice. That's probably worth like 35 or Yeah, 40. it's 35. I'm smart. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's OCHEM. It's hard. I don't mm. even know what's going on. Exactly. Why would you? You don't even know what opioids are. Hey. We'll get into that. <laughs> but that's so lucky. I only have quizzes. <laughs> Freshman. <laughs> high school. <laughs> Way to expose her. The, like, the she listeners don't it. know. She deserves it. Anyways, Sarah, what about you? I'm the one, nothing too extensive to report this week. What is wrong with you? Extensive to report. Finished, finished my midterm today, alhamdulillah. So getting out of the cave, got my nasty midterm beard going on. I don't Ooh, care what cave. anybody says. So. I see what that means. Good one, good one. Because we're the My Cave podcast <laughs> and he got out of the cave. We were reaching. I feel like we were. Yeah. It's okay, go ahead, continue, share. But uh, no, the, if you want to know the midterm beard is staying. Yes. Because I have an excuse because it's going to be November next month, so if it looks like crap, I can just be like... Wait, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's let's pause. When you start November, you got to start fresh. Yeah, but people don't need no, to. No, but I've seen that. fresh I hair. Mean... Fresh hair looks like a high schooler. <laughs> Seriously. Fresh hair looks like a baby. Yes, man. That was nice enough to send me a little throwback picture of myself with a beard the other day. She's a savage. <laughs> she does this in her so time. Actually, she's done that 
<laughs> to me too. I know. I actually Cher remembers Subhan from high school, right? I, I saw. I, I was creeping Subhan, and I came across pre-beard Subhan. Grand day. And she sent me pictures, and it was embarrassing. Hey, no if you pictures. want to? Uh, this, is a, this is a secret only supposed to stay between me and Subhan. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm part of it. It is my past life. Anyways, moving on. We're gonna hop into some current events. Do enough introductions. First <laughs> off, um, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Just as like, just as Neha is embarrassing me, showing pictures, showing Cher a picture that he's already seen because he knew me in I high school. Life, so. You could say she was sharing a picture. Thank you. You Lisa. could say that's overused. <laughs> yeah, but thanks. You could say that. So no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. That was actually good because she's laughing. She's showing some that's emotion. True. That's, that's true. true. That's Full true. Of, okay. So current events. First up, um, there was an Alberta. Sorry, the Alberta, not in Alberta. The Alberta government shut down a, a private Christian school association. And this school associate, association is uh, in charge of 30%. Yeah, laugh when he's a go ahead, make fun of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're responsible for 30% of uh, homeschooling children. And um, so basically the way it works, the government gives uh, this schooling association um, $5.5 million a year to put towards, you know, funding the education for, um, like, the homeschooling kids, offset some of those costs. Uh, and in turn, this uh, Trinity Christian School Association, they they outsource the work to another organization, who then that organization didn't fulfill their job properly. Because in the report, they found that almost a million dollars was supposed to go to um, parents. Like, over, over the last three years, a total of a million dollars was supposed to go to parents, and it never ended up going to them. And one of the owners, whose name is Kenneth Noster, he he claimed that um, he has it. So there's a $2,600, man, I'm so messed up, 2,600 square foot house um, that is their head office. But it also has the same telephone number as his telephone number. So this guy, I mean, like, he's, he's really not good at covering his own tracks. And uh, so, I mean, obviously, it's not like a private school, but... Two of our our contributors have gone to private schools. Is there anything like? Do, do you guys get funding from the government, or is it all? No, no. Get, we, not, we get some. No, please. Okay, listen. So go ahead, educate us. I'm gonna educate you guys. That's why so, I picked the story, by the way. Thanks. You know where it hits. I do. <laughs> so I was in. A, I actually the only school I've been to, other than university, is a private school. So I was in private school from kindergarten to grade twelve. And that's why you're so cool. <laughs> Fancy, huh? <laughs> Go ahead. You know what? Continue. <laughs> Sit down. You're not going anywhere, please. <laughs> they call my mom. <laughs> and so, like, what happens is that for each, so, you know, like, private schools or, you know, any kind of private education charges you per a, a fees per student, right? Yeah. And then the government then gives them 30% of the fee that that school charges per student so that it, so that, you know, school tuition doesn't hike up to 20000 So it offsets the cost. Exactly. So okay. for us, like my parents used to pay 6000 something wow. per child per year. So the government would pay them 30% of 6500 per child per year. Holy. And so... Te- the government would pay your parents? No, no, no. The school? The school. Okay. So they could, you know, help. it would help them cover operation costs and it would help them pay for their staff. Oh, so the school is saying that they charged 30% less when in fact we don't really know that. Exactly. Oh. Right? So we don't really know. All we know is that the prices That's they give scary. parents... The government gives you thirty percent of that to help cover costs, and um, my school actually had like a fiasco go on because 
Yeah, never mind. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, I'm tired. <laughs> but honestly, like that's I, I feel like it's it's scary in the sense that you don't know how much it costs to put a kid through school because obviously private schooling it's a lot more expensive than public schooling. And the thing is, like you know, if you go through like my parents paid our private education. But they also have to pay school taxes in Alberta. Yeah. So, you know, Dang. regardless of where you try, decide to send your kids. Your high school diploma are... costs more than my university degree. Congratulations. Dude, I know. Oh. Word. And we still ended up at the same place. Nice. <laughs> Hi, friends. <laughs> um, anything else to add? It was just a, it, it was, it was a Neha type of story. It was a Neha type of story. So I, I figured I was like, I got I'm it. not much of a sweater vest tie wearing kind of. Yes, you are. Yeah, I know. I, 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 stopped, I stopped talking. That is so that. wrong and so factually she was incorrect. Just wearing a right yeah, now. That's a right there. Yeah, oh, pretty yeah, much. Sure, yeah. just went to their high, high school. <laughs> I teach there. Part time. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Anyways, next story. Um, so in Newfoundland and Labrador, there um, there is this hydro dam that's going to be built. It's supposed to be built by 2019. Um, it's called the Muskrat Falls Project, um, and this energy company is coming in there, and they're looking to use, like, I guess the power grid there to make a hydro dam, and just, they're, the, the, like, the way they're saying is they're trying to provide energy for Newfoundland and Labrador, which they probably don't have a dam there, so it's useful, but at the same time, um, it really destroys the ecosystem and the environment around it, right? And not all, not like also to mention the fact that it's probably on like reservation land so um this project it's going it originally was supposed to cost seven and a half billion dollars and now it's costing eleven and a half billion dollars it's already behind schedule um and like so, everything else here in yeah. edmonton well it's it, this is halfway this is across canada so we can't blame them for our problem i'm actually very cheesed of all the construction going on in the city and it's, it's october I'm on 178 Street right now. Yeah, so that's, that's a mess. Yeah. 178 is a mess. Why might it still a mess? Because they're expanding the 53rd Avenue Bridge, yeah, which I live right near. Really and then <clears throat> if you go towards um, Argyll Road from yeah. Whitemud, what's like 75th Street? But guess what? But guess what? The two. Ring Road, the Anthony Hende is complete. So okay, they've done their G-Bins. job. Congratulations. Yeah. The Walterdale Bridge, still, still behind. I know. And did you see they they put another extension on it? I was like, what? What? It was supposed to be done like next this year next year um, but they're like they're gonna need a bit more time so basically yeah i just thought i would mention that because it's like i think it's it's an issue um because there's these big energy companies that want to come and you know obviously provide services to uh people of uh you know a certain area but they don't realize the impact that it has on the people the land and the ecosystem and that's really important to like keep in mind right because we are we're living here and sure they're going to you know they say it's going to be like 98% renewable energy, which I don't even know what that means. But uh, but you know what? Like from an Islamic perspective as well, I mean, the world is the trust to us, right? So yeah. it's like And so, you know, because of, you know, monetary gains, we may destroy it all. But on the day of judgment, each one of us is going to be held accountable for every time we littered, for every time, you know, we cut down a tree when we didn't have to. Um, for every time, you know, we did something. because Anytime the world you had an extra yeah. piece of Kit Kat when you shouldn't have had it. What does that have to do with the world? Why are you calling me fat on public? What? I didn't even go there. Juanisa, Sherry, did I go there? No, not even. It likes to exaggerate. I know. She just wants, like... Why are you making fun of my Kit Kat? I'm talking about something deep. It's not worth six bucks. (laughs) 
Okay, honestly, like, I kind of, like, I prefer... 170 grams of Kit Kat. Okay, can I just... So, just to give you guys some context, Neha was offering to share some Kit Kat with Cher and myself. No pun intended. I used it again. Um, but Cher already had a break. Loser. Which means he ate Kit Kat, for those of you who don't know. But Neha, it's just sitting there in front of us. And as Neha was telling us, actually, like, our rights in this, uh, with, like, with the earth and being entrusted with it, I was being a jerk and making a joke. And I don't apologize for that. <laughs> Still not worth it, but <laughs> and sure continues to roast. Third thing, um, so I guess if you don't know what fentanyl is, um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit because fentanyl has been something that's it's actually become a bit of a, an epidemic uh, in the last couple of years. It's really become like a recreationally used drug, um, and it's a really potent like opioid. It's eighty times stronger than eighty to hundred times stronger than morphine. Um, and so basically it's, it's been causing like hundreds of deaths in Canada and in two, so the, like the statistic is in 2016, two people in BC die a day from fentanyl overdose, two people a day, just in BC die, which is crazy. Um, and in, in, in a span of three months, I guess over 200 people died in just BC. It's crazy. So fentanyl, it's made primarily in China. Um, it was, it was it was uh, invented in like the 1950s, and it's supposed to use as it's supposed to be used as like a slow-releasing um, like painkiller, uh, and it was introduced as a patch. But now it's just like being consumed recreationally. Um, it's actually really expensive. It's $35 for half a gram, and it only takes like I was reading the article and it was saying it only takes like 100 micrograms to feel the effects of morphine. So imagine how potent it is. It's crazy. So before we move on, I want Neha, because she's, she's taking the pharmacology class uh, and OCHEM. So she'll have a better idea of what... Physiology. Yeah, whatever. Biology. She's taking everything. She's smarter than us in this in this realm, but she's not smart for buying that Kit Kat. Um, <laughs> it's cookies and cream limited edition. They tell you it's limited edition, but it's been out for a year. I've never seen it before. I'm kidding. I don't know. It just says new. Neha, <laughs> learn how to read, girl. Where is that private education taking you? I was hoping you would see that. We're back in the same place. Thank you, Anisa. But anyways, Neha, what so do what do so like what do what do opioids do, and how do they react with your body? Oh, you're asking for a lot. I'm not a doctor, actually. Okay. But um, okay. All I know is that for this one, um, so it causes like side effects of it is like it makes you really sleepy, gives you chest pain, it gives you blurred visions. So like it's opioids are you know meant to um, kind numb. of like numb your receptors, pain. right? Yeah. So your nerves and and stuff, so that you know if you're feeling pain or some kind of uh, discomfort in a certain area, it it blocks it. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. Why is this guy being a jerk to No, me? no, I wasn't being a jerk to you. I was making a joke about something else. Yeah. In your head? No, yeah. I was talking about, like, if we can cure broken hearts. Yes. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> With opioids. Technically, you can. Anyways, okay, continue. So, like, what does it do to the receptors in your... So, like, it, it, it blocks them, right? So, it gives your receptors mixed signals as to what's going on. And so, when you take too much of this fentanyl, um, you know, your receptors think, okay, well, you no longer have to stay awake. So, you know, you start dozing off chest pain, which means your heart's going into overdrive, heart attack. Yeah. Um, your mouth gets dizzy, you saliva reproduction starts to get bothered by it. You start to get dizzy, so, you know, it's affecting up your brain as well. And so these people, like, as you mentioned, you die really fast with such a small amount, 
And all these drugs, like street drugs, are being laced with it. So when people buy it, obviously there's no nutrition facts on your drugs, right? No. So you don't know exactly what's in your drugs. And most of the times when you buy, you know, cocaine or whatever off the streets, it's probably 3% of the real drug and the rest is just fillers. Yeah, They're garbage, is. right? So it's it's any kind of acid or chemical they can get and, a hand on. And, and, and that's what the article was saying. So they're, so they're talking about two things. They're talking about, like, importing it into Canada. And so the way that it's done is... It comes from China, and they packet it in, you guys know those silica gel packs? They put them in the packages that look just like that, and that's how they ship them. So according to Canadian law, if something is under 30 grams, they can't open it without consent. So if something, like, you can you can send product that's illegal or contraband um, as long as it's under 30 grams. And, and enough, and like, 30 grams... What if eBay packages get opened then? But they're more than 30 oh. grams. Phone case. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like, and everything. Yeah. So, also, uh, how, how you're talking about how, like, those drugs are laced. They're saying that um, because, like, the fentanyl is so potent that they lace it with things like <laughs> baby powder. Which sounds crazy. But, anyways, I digress. Finally, our last part of current events, sports. Let's talk about it. So, first, honorable mention... The NHL, the Oilers are at the top of their division. I know. For now. Yeah, I know. I know. Hold <laughs> up, hold up. So they're second in the whole league, and Oilers fans are going crazy. You know what? It's okay. Let them have it. Rogers plays just opened up. Rogers. Was wearing Oilers jersey today. Yeah, the kids in my class were wearing Oilers jerseys yesterday. I'm like, the game's today, loser. <laughs> Anyways, but 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 the same kid, he wears an Oilers jersey every Oilers game. Like, in class. I'm I've never seen anyone more dedicated. He's yeah. going to be a great guy. No, he's not. <laughs> he's an Oilers fan. How can he be great? Anyways, um, and McJesus, he has nine points in six games. For, for those of you who don't know, that's Connor McDavid. I call him McDowd. <laughs> <laughs> See, sure, it's a real guy. McJesus. No, that's his nickname. Everyone calls him that. Yeah. He has nine points in Why six games. Why do you got to kill everyone else, though? Why can't you be cultured? Because, because you know what? I'm a water bottle. Exactly. <laughs> As she takes a sip from her small water bottle. 1.54 liters of water. Oh my god. Eat it. Way to educate us. Probably another. And also, honorable mention, my favorite team in the <laughs> She's crying. It's okay, maybe fentanyl will help you. <laughs> I Joking. Her, I put it in her kitchen. I do not... I do not promote. Oh my god! That's I really too far. don't like how this podcast is going. I do not promote the use of recreational drugs. Too I mean, soon. Too soon. Kind of disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, this, we this should. Is this, is this, podcast podcast. Is not the, this podcast is not. This podcast not the opinions of the people that are in it. Is that something how it works? Like something like that. Something something podcast. Something something don't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be our title. <laughs> don't listen to us. Um, and honorable mention. Austin Matthews, who is also a rookie. Okay, no, no, hold up, hold up, hold up. In his first game, in his first game, he had four goals. In his first NHL game, he was like the first rookie to do that. And he's leading the league in points. That's impressive. Also, quick note, the NBA started last night. Congratulations. Thank you. I I also had four fantasy drafts over Saturday and Sunday. So I was like wiped out. And it was so much fun. But I had so much thing to do that I like... Anyways, just one mention. The... Cleveland, no, sorry. The Spurs beat the Golden State Warriors, and that's a big 
and, and, and it's important because Golden State Warriors, they signed my ex-favorite player, Kevin Durant, who broke my heart, so maybe I need some fentanyl. But no, 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 he actually did break my heart. Like, he was my favorite player since college. Guys, fentanyl is not for your heartbreaks. Okay, you well, you said that, and, and you've taken pharmacology, so... I didn't say that. Smarter I, I said than me. No. Yes, we're gonna replay no, that no, tape. Wait, don't be a Donald Trump. <laughs> Knowledge is power. Yes, exactly. Power. But, but anyway, I mean, fentanyl gives you a pretty peaceful death. Like you fall asleep and just never wake up. Oh my god! Now you're taking it. Like she needs to learn when to stop. Please. Wow. <laughs> okay. But in all seriousness, that's it for current events. We're gonna hop into our topic because it's a really, a really important um, thing that Neha wanted to talk about. She wanted a shout out, so I had to give it to her. So this week on the podcast, um, something that I think we like to pride ourselves in is have some of those conversations that we don't usually have, right? Um, like we want to challenge ourselves. We want to talk about things that we might not be comfortable. So this week we're going to be talking about domestic violence. So I know it's a heavy topic, but we're just going to get right into it. So what is domestic violence? So before we actually start off with that, um, yeah. I'll tell you where the inspiration came from. Please, go so ahead. So I was... Follow, you know, I follow Sheikh Omar Suleiman on, yeah, uh, on Facebook. G. He is G. Like, shout out to Sheikh Omar Suleiman if yeah. you're listening. Please do. Actually, yeah. not this one, but <laughs> in general. Um, and so he, he said that he was giving a khutbah um, at whatever masjid, and it was the third time he was talking about um, domestic violence. And he said that somebody, after his khutbah, kind of criticized him, saying that, oh, you know, you're talking about this again. Like, you know, find a different topic or whatever. But then he also went on to say that that week in his community, some man killed his wife. And so, you know, as as a community, we get tired of these reminders of, you know, clean after clean up after yourself at the masjid, park properly. Um, we talk about domestic violence. We talk about all these tragedies happening around the world. And people get annoyed of hearing this. Mm-hmm. But the reason why, you know, your shiuch or your ustads or any community leader keeps repeating this is because there's been nothing done about it. Yeah. Right? People still park like idiots at the masjid. People still leave the masjid. Even though, our, even though, even though people like Rafi are just like, yo, don't do that. Shout out to Rafi. Yeah, shout out to Rafi. He's a real MVP. He is. Most he valuable is. Pakistani. <laughs> he is Pakistani. He is. Yeah. And so, I mean, people keep giving Pardon you these reminders. <laughs> Sorry. So people keep giving you these reminders and, you know, some people are getting frustrated, but there's reasons to why, you know. Yeah. The I fact th- that even Sheikh uh, Omar Suleiman had to mention this shows that as a community, there's something definitely absurd I, about it. I feel like it's, it's so, like when we talked about mental health a couple of weeks ago, it's the same thing, right? These are issues that aren't talked about enough in our community. Um, and, and when they are, they're shunned down. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is a non-issue. Yeah. Like... I wouldn't do that to my wife ever, but you like it happens all the time. So first off, um, just a disclaimer. So I took this information from the Edmonton Police Service website, so it's credible. Um, so I, I'm just making sure that because I'm not a credible guy, clearly. Um, if I drafted four fantasy basketball teams in one weekend, instead of studying, exactly. Uh, I studied. No, 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 no. You know, mom, 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 mom. If you're listening, I studied. I swear oh, no, to God. Auntie, he doesn't. No, oh my god. I'm gonna get beat when I go home. That's not a joke. <laughs> Anyways, um, so domestic violence, what is it? So it's violent or aggressive behavior within a home, typically involving the abuse of a spouse or partner, including but not limiting to or limited to physical, emotional, psychological, sexual, stalking, and threats to children or other family members. So 
Um, the problem with domestic violence is that it's not just, oh, because this person lives in a certain area that they're more prone to it. it that's not the case. It's, it, it's, it's like across everywhere. It can happen in any situation. You don't need to be from a, a rough upbringing or you don't need to, you know, have like it, it could be like my point is it's rampant everywhere. So as of December 2014, so there were seven over almost 7,800 domestic violence events in that in the city in that year. That's a lot, or reports. Um, and and the worst part is a lot of these these incidents go unreported. That's why it's like I feel like it's such a like it's such a tough topic, right? Because people could be facing this and we don't even know. <clears throat> I actually know somebody. So she, she, um, she's very young, actually. She's, I think, 25, 26. And she That's comes, young, because I'm 26. Yeah, I know. I, ne I never called you old, so bad and chill. Actually, you do on a regular basis, but that's okay. I turned to get pity party here. Yeah, well, I try. You did. <laughs> anyway, so she's 25, 26, and she, um, the guy that she's married to... Um, he was a very influential guy in the community. Like everybody loved him. Uh -huh. You know, they thought he was um, the best kind of guy. He was always there, first person at the masjid whenever the masjid needed help, whether it was financial or you know they needed labor of any sort. He was very well respected. Like he had a great group of friends. Um, you know, he was just that guy in the community that everybody knew. And she thought she, like she was so happy when you know he asked her to marry him. Uh -huh. And so. You know, we everyone thought that, you know, like it's going well, like there can't be anything wrong because everybody knew how great the guy was. And uh, we were actually at a camp and she was telling us, um, you know, we were just talking about something and she starts crying out of nowhere. And we're like, okay, like what's wrong? What's going on? And she goes on telling us how, you know, her husband beats her, her husband um, like doesn't let her see her family as much anymore, um, he doesn't want her working, he just wants her to stay home, he doesn't like when she interacts with people, he doesn't like when she leaves the house, and he has, she's telling us how he has like temperament issues. And we were all appalled because we would have never guessed that from the kind of guy he is. He was, you know, he's the guy that all, all you know, moms want their son to be like, because he was, he was at the masjid willingly, out of his own goodness. Like his parents were not as religious; they were kind of liberal. But this guy, you know, he stood out like a sore thumb because he was so much more different than anybody around him. And I think that's where the issue lies, right? I feel like a lot of the times it's recognition that it can be anyone, and the exactly. person you least expect, they could very well be doing exactly. that. And I mean, it's really, really unfortunate that this happened to the sister. Um, and like, I feel like. Like one of the most important things is that if this happens to someone you know, that you need to let them know that they can talk to you about it. Right. And it's like, I mean, you might not be able to impact the situation, but you'll, but you'll ease some of that burden off of them. And the thing like she was most worried about was she's like, okay, well, if I do ask for a divorce, first of all, she knew he would make a big fuss out of it. Mm -hmm. And secondly, she's like, no one's going to believe me. And which is partially true because we were all taken aback when she said that. And that was her second thing. She's like, no one's going to believe me when I tell them what happens. And it's, and it's really unfortunate that this is something that happens primarily to women. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, it, it's, it's really, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I was watching this video. Uh, actually, one of our friends uh, shared it on Facebook last night. And it was these women in, in uh, Kenya. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. were, they were learning self-defense. And, like, this lady was 55 and she could probably beat me up. 
it's just to protect themselves, right? So and young girls from being raped. Yeah, like like these are all like real things, and, and we need to be really aware of them. It's like I think a lot of the times people brush this off because they just have blinders on, and they're just like, oh yeah, this doesn't happen. Just like a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about like those uh, like those anti like 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 religious posts, whether it was about Sikhism or Islam, anything can happen, right? Like pe- humans are humans, so you can't. You can't define the way someone is because you don't expect them to be like that. So I'm just going to give you guys some statistics about domestic violence. And this is from CanadianWomen.org. So approximately 7 in 10 people who experience family violence are women or girls. Right? So, um, and 67% of Canadians actually know people that have gone through like a domestic violence incident. So it's, it's not, it's like, it's... It's really alarming, um, and approximately now this is a this is a really scary statistic. In every six days, a woman in Canada is killed by her intimate partner because of domestic violence, and that's like really really alarming, right? Like, yeah. And but but see, what I find most alarming is that these statistics are readily available in a country like Canada, and we're really blessed because and fortunate because we live in a system where it's where a country where it's not corrupt. But you go to any other country, like you go to a place like Pakistan. Um, or anywhere else, right, where it's a developing country um, and, like, money is everything, right? So, like, a lot of these a lot of these incidents are probably, like, way more rapid there, but it's just not talked about because I'll pay you this much and you won't talk about it. And I think that's, like, the other issue with um, our communities is that, you know, a woman will be going through this, or even a man, you know, it yeah. could be either or, mm-hmm. and people don't talk about it because it's taboo, right? It's wrong. Um, you know, you're supposed to, it'll, it's kind of that whole thing that, oh, it'll pass, right? And eventually what happens is it doesn't pass. And um, the worst part is that, you know, especially once you have kids, um, if you're a mother or a father, you think about the well-being of your kids first. Yeah. What's going to happen if, you know, let's say if you were to separate from your spouse, what's going to happen to the kids? And a lot of times people stay in these abusive relationships for the sake of the kids, not knowing that, you know, it's just as impactful for the kids and just as harmful, but it's because that community support isn't there. It's that lack of community support and belief. So basing, so sort of talking about what, uh, what Neha was just referring to, like they, like sometimes people will just, bottle this up because they don't want to ruin their family so in the nfl um just recently as in like six days ago the new york giants they released a kicker named josh brown who in 2015 he was he was charged with uh, domestic violence for abusing his wife and that same year so they went to the pro bowl which is like the all-star game for football um and his wife like locked the door with their kids in the room and he was outside because he was like being really, um, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever it was, he was banging on the door and this didn't obviously come out until right now. And so that year he was suspended for one game this year. He got like, he got cut up, cut from his team. Like he was a kicker on their team. He was getting paid like two or $3 million and they just kicked him off because, uh, like it's like you as an athlete are an ambassador for that brand, for the sport. People look up to you and you can't have, quote unquote locker room talk oh yeah actually that's a really big thing um but so i was just and i feel like in the nfl uh we're just gonna talk about sports but it's related to domestic violence in in the nfl it's really like it's prevalent um i was looking at i was looking at this database and it had all the arrests um since 2001 so 15 years in 15 years a hundred of the 
832 reported cases, and I say reported because that's like the operative word, because there could be a lot more were related to domestic violence. Some of the notable ones, um, Ray Rice, I don't know if you remember Ray Rice, he, he, he assaulted his wife in uh, an elevator at a casino. He hit her, it was on camera, and apparently she hit him back, so he's no longer in the NFL. Um, Johnny Manziel, I don't know if you know, he is uh, Johnny Football, he went to Texas A&M, he was supposed to be like a really prominent football player, um, and he also got charged with uh, abusing his girlfriend at the time, and he's no longer in the NFL. And most, and obviously Josh Brown, who we were just talking about. And I, and so what I find, it's, I mean, it's admirable, but that these NFL teams are kicking these players off. But that's not good enough. Like this is something that, just like what you're kicked off a team and you get to still continue to live your life the way you want to, but you're still a monster. Right, like I think, like these these incidents, even though there's only 832 reported of NFL players being arrested, and out of them, 100 of them, so only like eight percent. No, that's not eight percent. That's not right. What's the math? What's one divided by eight? Like 17 percent. So almost like 15 to 17 percent of the cases were because of domestic violence. How many more were unreported? It's true. Like a lot of it doesn't go reported, right? Because what are you supposed to report for? And at times, like the police can't, or whoever you're reporting to can't do much unless you can gets, prove it. You can prove it, but if it's like a verbal abuse or whatever, like, yeah, and, and that's, that's still domestic abuse, mm-hmm. or you know, um, withholding your your spouse's right to do something is also abuse. Yeah, and I mean psychological. And it's so sad to see that um, you know our you have to talk about that in our community when Islam gives women the utmost rights, like. Islam is giving women rights before even like women suffrage suffrage even happened. Yeah, for sure. And so I mean, like um, when Sheikh Nawaz Aziz was talking over the weekend, um, somebody asked him a question. Oh, you know, is my wife obligated to work? And his answer was, the day that a daughter, like a, a girl, is born, she's a daughter. So it's up to her dad to fulfill her entire financial responsibility. And the day she gets married, it's up to her husband to fulfill her financial responsibility. So by no means is your wife obligated to work. And if she is, that's charity because she's helping you out with your bills. She's helping out your kids or whatever. But the, her money is her money, and you Damn. have no and right. And she gets hasanat for that. Exactly. Because she's giving like charity. Exactly to yeah. her husband. That's crazy. <laughs> and so I mean, that's like just hearing that. That's empowering for me yeah. as a female. You know that if I decide to work. Um, once I'm married, that's going to be, you know... Make it rain with Hassanat. Exactly. Not only when I'm balling in, like, <laughs> in, like, dollar-dollar bills, but <laughs> also in, like, dollar-dollar Hassanat. It's going to be loaded. It's going to be loaded yes, everywhere. pretty much. Yeah, but, um, and so, I mean, like, and then you see our community going through these same issues, and I think the main issue is that there's so much ignorance. Like, if men only knew what they're going to be held accountable for, for harming their wives, and vice versa, yeah. then I don't think anybody would have the guts to raise a finger. No. Um, one thing I'll mention... Uh, you say something. Yeah, so, please. Good. No, 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 no. I was going to wait till you finish. No, 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 no. Go, we go all love that uh, awkward silence that happens on the radio there. It's all good. <laughs> um, I'm no, such think, a mess. I think it's kind of related to our, our mental health topic as well, as Neha and Sahan both mentioned. It is a little bit of a taboo topic for people, right? They don't... They may not feel comfortable talking about their problems with this, or maybe they feel embarrassed or shy or whatever it may be. Um, but again, the one message that I would just want to give out is that, like, you know, if you do have an opportunity, please, please speak to somebody. Um, my other question is, like, what can we do as people who maybe aren't dealing with this ourselves, but, like, is there something that we can do to offer a helping hand or just be there to listen, I guess? But I don't know if you guys have any suggestions of maybe of what we can do other than maybe 
try to bring more education to the topic? Well, I feel like we need to have more of these conversations within our community. That's the first thing. I think it's important for us to talk about this because if we don't start talking about it, no one's going to. And then a generation is going to pass and it's going to be even more rapid. And then it's going to be like, why is this an issue? Well, it's because we didn't talk about it. Another thing I would say is, just like Neha said, you just got to be there to listen. Um, it's like, I mean, obviously, those people that are going through something like this, we have no idea what they're going through. And the least that we can do is just listen to what they have to say. And, and don't judge them. Because exactly. you know what? Like, maybe they're trapped in a situation where, where, like the sister Neha was talking about, she didn't know what to do because... Like, if she said something to someone, no one was going to believe her. And that happens a lot of the times, right? Like, the person that is doing this to you is actually really manipulative. They know they're doing this, and I'm not, I'm not trying to generalize, but I feel like they're doing this because they know that they can get away with it. And that's the scariest part. And I think the thing is, um, you know, like, we'll have friends that, you know, we know, and eventually, you know, time goes by, we haven't talked to them for a while, and we don't take it as anything, right? Because people are busy with their lives, everyone has something to do. But I think it's important that, you know, if you see changes in a friend that, you know, goes from being super happy to not being as there, kind of checks out of life, clearly those are signs for something, right? Whether yeah. it be their mental illness or financial burdens, and for you to just be like, oh, hey, you know, I've noticed a bit of a change in your attitude, or just, you know, like, where have you been? If you need something, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just knowing that for them gives them a doorway to be like, oh, hey, actually, yeah, I am going through something. Yeah, it so gives like a natural caring human instinct yeah, so to, like, and your friends look for signals and things exactly, like that. And yeah. don't, uh, again, like you said, don't brush them off if yeah. you see signals. you know, be and, and just like, like, obviously, you know, they're, they're not going to want to open up to you right away because it's, it's, it's a really tough thing to talk about. Like, like, not only is it hard to live with it, but talking about it and saying, like, I've been dealing with this for five years, because help you admit, me. Because once you start saying it, it becomes more of a reality, right? Yeah, that's because scary. Because usually at times, you know, something happens to you, you don't want to talk about it because it brings it back up, right? So when someone's going through something, they usually don't mention it because they don't want it to become more of a reality totally. than it already right. is, right? And so kind of going off what Cher said, so there's a couple of things that you can do if, if you know someone that's going through this or you think that someone might be going through this, call 911. Yeah. Like that's... Yeah. Yeah. So, so if not, so there's a, a police complaint line that you can call in your city. Um, also talk to a social worker. Yeah, they usually know, like, what Yeah, because they, they can, like, I mean, if the worst case scenario, they can help you find a safe house. Like, mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of, like, there, there's a large need for that. And the city, just in the last couple of days, they announced that they're going to be making more uh, affordable housing um, for projects like that. So that's really good to see. But, um, yeah, so, like, and there's a fi family violence helpline in Edmonton. Um, I read somewhere that on average they receive at least 20,000 calls a day. That's crazy. Wow. Um, which is which is honestly so because like like I think the biggest thing that I can take from this is sure we have statistics and they say something but that doesn't paint the picture this because is just a yeah. small small this is a small glance into like this big picture and it's kind of it's alarming and I feel like by us having these conversations um, it's it's a good start so also for our fans out there like we may seem pretty crazy <laughs> yeah we are at, at times yeah. I am very very I can but take we're her. very real people, and we'll like keep your secrets, obviously, because we don't know who you are. So, um, with that in mind, feel free to check us out on uh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, check out our old episodes on SoundCloud, um, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Google Play. Try to Facebook search us. Yeah, and if you have any <laughs> questions or you want to like, like throw us your opinion, shoot us an email at mykpodcast at gmail .com. 
Um, and we're so glad that you guys are able to tune in. Until next time, assalamu alaikum. Classic.